Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today we're so thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Adam Scott to talk about his Apple TV Plus show, Severance. And I was really fascinated in how you approached building your character for this show in particular, because you're playing a character who has an entire world within the workplace, an entire world outside. Obviously, those two aren't connected. Um, and so I was interested in, in how you kind of built out the idea of like two different characters that have different experiences, sometimes different emotional responses to things. They both know different pieces of information. And at the same time, there's always a linear thread between them because it's not just a case of building two versions at the beginning, but tracking the two versions throughout the entire Entire show. Um, so I was interested yeah. in kind of how you manage that for yourself in terms of his emotional trajectory in both of those spaces. Yeah, it's interesting because both of them change quite a bit over the course of, of the season. Um, yeah, it was it, it was uh, it, it was it was it was definitely a challenge, uh, a, a very fun, um, endlessly interesting challenge. Uh, but it was sort of like a math problem to figure out uh, kind of on a data, figure out day to day. I mean, it, it was really important to, to Ben and I and Dan Erickson, the creator, that it feel like one guy, right? Like this is, this is, uh, this is one character. It's not two different characters. It's because like as an actor, it's hard to resist, you know, like, your first instinct is like, oh, okay, I, I want this other one to, I want one of them to have a mustache and like a, a cool hat or something like that, you know? Um, but this is the same person. It's just two different parts of the same person. Like everyone has different sides of themselves and this it's almost like two halves of, of one person. So, um, you know, the, the, the Mark that lives in the outer world is, you know, is 40 some odd years of life experience with like, you know, sorrow and joy and, you know, all the things that go into a, a full life. And then Mark on the inside is for all intents and purposes, two years old. Um, but he has those same feelings. Mike Mark on the outside is, is grieving his wife. And so he brings a lot of sadness with him to work. And so Mark on the inside has those feelings in him. He just doesn't, you know, have the wherewithal to name them or locate them or know what, know what they are. So as far as playing the two different sides, it was just a, a constant um, kind of game of addition and subtraction as far as, you know, this one's like kind of a clean slate. This one has all of this baggage. But what of that baggage is carried in kind of just physiologically? What is unavoidable that you would feel on the on the way in? What instinctively does this one have that this one does not? Um, what sort of common sense things uh, carry through? Um, so it was a lot of asking Dan, like, because he's the one that sort of, you know, it's his world that he thought up. And so, like, you know, just just it was, it was constant, uh, kind of back and forth through the 10 months we were shooting of, of trying to feel, and like you said, you know, there was a lot of change and, and uh, both of them have a specific arc that they go through and we were shooting the whole show at once. So we weren't going like episode by episode. So we were jumping all over the place through, throughout. Um, so it was also trying to come up, come up with a very, 
kind of set path and knowing exactly where we were in the story on any given uh, day. Um, so it was a, a uh, it was a big challenge. It was really, really fun. It was, uh, there was never a day when, you know, got home and, and didn't feel like we were uh, kind of worked to the bone. And you're bringing up there the idea that both of these versions of the character go through a lot of change. And, and when you watch the whole season, who they both are at the end is very different from the beginning. And yet it's very minute and nuanced changes. You know, if you take the workplace version of him, it's not that he suddenly turns around and expresses his dissatisfaction and his, his rising feelings of dissent. It's very small actions and choices. And because he also kind of comes across as someone who's, who's more introverted and internalizes a lot, I was interested in how how you kind of found that trajectory of, of that very gradual build and what you wanted those expressions to be. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in a world like the, the inner world of, of Lumen, it's a very repressed uh, environment, right? And um, so something we were kind of constantly uh, uh, I'm kind of, you know, amused by while we we're making the show is what a big deal everything was for these people um, down in this world because it's so protected and everything you do and say is 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 so observed, right? That you know, finding a book is a huge deal that we have to really stop and think about how to handle this. A book just sitting on a chair is like a scandal. And so John and Zach and Britt and I were always just kind of laughing about just how big the world is to these people because their whole life has been in this office. Um, so as far as how, how the, the kind of incremental um, uh, change that happens to the inner uh, part of Mark, um, it's very small things that happen and it's a series of them that, that happen because he is a very, it, this is all he knows and what he knows is um, the sort of power hierarchy of this place is all he knows. And so when someone comes in and starts talking about that in a way that's different than how everyone has talked about it or talk or um, yeah, everyone has kind of referred and talked to it up to that point, then your immediate reaction your knee-jerk is to reject it um but if those things once something is said it's sort of out there and so then that becomes part of your awareness and so then you start noticing things a little differently and the world sort of opens up a little bit and then the book comes into the picture did you see the whole show yeah Okay, the book sort of comes into the picture and that creaks the world up, opens the world up just a little bit more. So it's all these really small incremental 
things that start kind of widening the aperture for the inner market and everyone uh, in the inner world. I don't want to spoil to yeah. anything, but I think just by the nature of where we are and what our circumstances are, the the progression from where we start and where we end has to be incremental because the things that actually occur by our standards in the world we know are quite small, but everything is magnified down there in its importance. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And with the way that you're talking about it there, um, you know, did you kind of, from a psychological standpoint, think of it to some degree as, as conditioning that he's, he's escaping because we, you know, when he has a colleague who's coming into this workplace, into this severance setting for the first time, you know, we see a lot of the conditioning that they're in, in um, imparting on her, you know, you're going to sit in this room and you're going to say this thing so many times out loud that you believe it, or even just the fear of Patricia Arquette's character, who's the boss that she instills, you know, where they feel like everything has to be orderly. And your character is like a diehard company man at the beginning of the show. Um, and so did you also kind of think about it as, as like this conditioning and this gaslighting that they've been doing on him for like the last two years and, and how that strips down? 100%. Um, I mean, he, I think that just because of the nature of who he who he is in the outside world and whatever he's brought in with him from there, just physiologically who he is, he has a bit more of an analytical mind, right? But he's in this environment where that isn't really embraced or encouraged, but it's still there. He's just choosing not to use it, both because he's not aware that it's something um, that uh, that could be used, and has never he's never really used it before. But it's still there, so there's you can't really help it. So it's more a kind of willing himself not to, and just staying the course, and not being interested in anything upsetting the apple cart. Um, but once Helly comes in and just starts kind of looking at it from a different perspective. It's like, you know, saying don't, don't picture an elephant. There's nothing you can do. You're seeing the elephant. And so I think Mark, by nature of who he is, has to start looking around some different corners. From the very moment uh, she arrives, you know, it's just a matter of when is he actually going to take that peek around the corner or is he going to will it away? Yeah. But he knows it's possible and he has a feeling that there's something there, but he just is like, what are you doing? Why would you even ask that question? And he obviously has a really strong reason for going through severance in the first place, you know, stemming from the loss of his wife. And so when it came to his outside version, you know, this is a character who's who's kind of at a stagnant place in his life. Him and his wife had been, had tried to have kids, you know, so where his life is now without her is so far apart from where he expected it to be at this point. And there's that scene in one of the first episodes where he's won a gift card to a restaurant and he just goes by himself for a VIP experience, um, you know, and that kind of 
tells us everything about his world at the beginning. And so how did you think about his st- his kind of like status of stasisness and, and being a little bit stuck within himself and also where he was with grief? Because he's had kind of two years to try and process it, but also is choosing not to, you know, for him going through severance is not having to think about the pain for eight hours. So that's half the time that he's, he's not kind of focusing in on itself. Yeah. I, I think that he's, he hasn't moved on at all. It's been two, two and a half years and he just has not even begun uh, the healing process of losing his, from losing his wife. And and I think you're right. I think that's a conscious choice. And I think ultimately it it's that, you know, it could be that if he heals and he moves on, that means he's saying goodbye forever to his wife. It's almost like this pain is all he has left of her. So he's going to hang on to it as long as he can. But it is pain and he doesn't want to feel it. So his life uh, is now waking up in the morning driving to a building and then he just immediately is leaving the building and driving home and eating and going to sleep. That's what his life is now. Most of his life is now a blank void um, where he just disappears and doesn't have to feel anything. Uh, uh, So I think that's where we find him is that this is what he's chosen. He's, he's, dead set to continue living his life this way. Um, he will not move on from Gemma, from his wife. And, uh, and you know, everyone's kind of throwing judgment his way about both his choice and the company uh, that, he, that he's uh, working for. But, uh, you know, he, that's, that's what he's doing. That's it. It's his life. And that's the way he wants to spend it. Yeah. But I do like that, that kind of, as he starts to question things a lot more, that that also, as well as opening up certain questions, allows him to also re-access joy in himself. And, you know, we get to see it in a couple of different ways. At one point he's at a concert, um, you know, and he starts kind of joining in on some of the lyrics and that's like a really great outlet for him. Um, yeah. Or in the workplace when they have the uh, the mandated five minute dance party, um, yeah. you know. I was, I was, and so I was interested in how you wanted to like tap into like, who is he in these moments where he is kind of finding this joy because it's, it's a very foreign thing to him. And so even just in terms of like how you figured out what are his dance moves, you know, this isn't something that he does frequently. So how does he move in this moment? Yeah, that is, it's a funny, uh, question because it is like, wow, these people may never have danced before. I mean, there may have been another five minute or 15 minute, whatever it is that the kind of allotted time for the dance party, uh, maybe Mark had been there for one of them, but I kind of thought he hadn't, he'd just been hearing about it for a couple of years that this might happen at some point. So this is the first time he's danced. Um, and it's not like they watch television. You don't see people dancing. So that was a thing on set. We were like, well, how do we, how do we know how to dance? And so just like the alphabet and um, knowing the English language and having some sort of common sense instilled in you um, when you're, when you wake up there for the first time, there are certain things you carry over from one to the, uh, to the other. So I think 
Mark's dancing is just sort of the very rudimentary, I am now moving my body to this music, um, trying to come up with something that could exist without any, any outside influence whatsoever. And it resulted in the, in the dance that, that, you, that you see on the show. And I also wanted to ask about working on scenes with Patricia Arquette, because you get to play with her kind of very deliciously in two very different facets, because your character meets her in the inside world and the outside world. And so in the inside world, in the office, you know, she's the tyrant of the boss that doesn't even have to say a word out loud to him in the room. And he already knows that he's in trouble. He knows what he did and he knows that he's going to get punished. And, you know, there's a lot of fear in that dynamic. And then in the outside world, she's his neighbor. Um, and so their interactions are about trash cans and completely nonsensical you know not anywhere near as important things um, and so I was interested in kind of like the dynamic in getting to take these two different facets of your character and play them off against very different characters that she's portraying as a result yeah um, so this will come out after the show yeah. comes out okay good because um, that's the, that's a reveal at the end of uh, the first episode I yeah. think um, yeah I mean Patricia's always been one of my favorite actors she's you know, for years and years. I just love her work so much. Um, she's someone who just invests in uh, in her work and just goes full board into these characters. I mean, she's just spectacular. And, and uh, you know, Escape from, at Danamara a couple of years ago. And then also, um, is it The Vow? Is that the the the, the limited series? Hulu yeah, the series. Hulu show. Um, so. Unbelievable. These performances are unbelievable. And then in Severance, she continues that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, doing a scene with Patricia, I, I just would go in and, and react, you know, um, try and find my way through. Because in both circumstances, in the inside and outside, Mark with uh, with Cobell and Selvig on in the outside world, these are both dominating personalities who are taking all of the power in the relationship and in the cir whatever circumstance they're in. She is driving um, and manipulating, and so Mark just has to sort of hold on and try and find his way through and try and um, wrangle whatever power, whatever, wh whatever he can to just sort of stay afloat in those relationships um, is, is, is kind of all, all, all he could do. So as, as sort of walking into the scene as an actor, it's, it's a lot of just taking her in and trying to listen and trying to just make your way through it and, and seeing how the character gets out the other side without being so completely manipulated and controlled that he is doing something totally um, outside his self-interest. And overall, with, with the duality of the way that you got to play this performance throughout the series, what was the aspect that you found to be the most challenging of, of all of that? Uh, like between the two different uh, sides? Yeah, of the, or just of like in character. general, like with this role, kind of like what were the unique challenges against other characters that you've played? Yeah, I, 
I mean, the whole, everything about it was sort of a, a, a unique challenge because, um, you know, I kind of approached it with a, with a, with, you know, just, I, I like to try and find a, the personal way in to, you know, I kind of try and usually start with what do I have in common with the one character or the other and try and find all of those things that I directly understand and relate to uh, with, with my life and trying to apply that and then find all the differences and then try to find with the differences, then try to attack that and, and make, make it personal try and figure out how to understand it um, to, to then fold that in. And, and, and with this, you know, I, I, uh, so with this, I kind of approached it like just the sort of state that each side of him is in at the beginning of the story. I sort of thought that the outside Mark, I felt like for me, Adam, it's all the things that I, that I hate about myself. I am sometimes odd and don't feel odd and don't have it's know exactly what to say in larger groups of people, particularly people who seem very comfortable and, and verbose. Uh, I'm, I don't have great posture. I, um, you know, there, I, I tried to, tried to sort of find all of those things. And, and cause I feel like that's, there's a, there's a certain amount of, of, uh, of exhaustion with the mark on the outside exhaustion with his life in general. And he's sort of had it with himself. And I think that's part of his reasoning for, for going down there eight to 10 hours a day is that he's just sick of himself. Um, and, uh, that, and the, it's, it's, in a way it's like a punishment to himself. Um, and I think self-loathing is, uh, is something I, everybody understands. And so I tried to focus in on what that is, but I also, find navel gazing boring to watch so i didn't want it to to be that um so it needed to be folded in as a as a particular crease in whatever we're doing um rather than the entire thing as far as the in, in, the inner the any mark you know there's there's something you know those are the, where you can find the things that you sort of like about yourself, the things you, you feel more kind of confident in and, or think about the times when you've been at your most confident and why, and why you were like, you know what, I'm all right. This is like, not bad. Like this feels, feels pretty good to be me today, you know, and tried to kind of harness that feeling at least, you know, at the beginning of the story. And, um, and so, uh, and so that's sort of how I, that's sort of where I, where I started at least in trying to wriggle my way in and, and, and figure out who these different parts of him uh, were, or at least where it started.
Yeah. Well, it's it's a really remarkably impressive performance, and particularly when you step back and look at the sum of the whole of what you've managed to build throughout the entire season, kind of going back to the, the nuance and the detail in it. So congratulations on thank everything you. with the show, and thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.